What's up, my fellow lionesses and lions? Welcome to the Project Lioness podcast. We are here to disrupt the mainstream narrative when it comes to health, holism, and human consciousness. We are here to share bold truths about health and life from a female perspective. This episode is brought to you by our team, Inspire Co., where we stand for your health being inspired by choice rather than being inhibited by chance. Thank you for being here and joining in on these raw, real, and powerful conversations. We hope our show brings you inspiration and empowerment to overcome challenges, reclaim your life, and ultimately pursue your mission with power, purpose, and play. Now, let's get into the episode. In the sky. Yeah, you're the intro here. Keep going. That's it. That's all you get. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Project Linus podcast. This is your one of your co-hosts, Dr. Mel, and I am excited to bring on our first guest of season two of the Project Linus podcast. And for those of you watching on YouTube, you can see who it is. And maybe you don't know who this person is. Some of you might because of social media. <laughs> um, but many of you have asked a lot of questions related to building a business, being a powerful person in the world, being an entrepreneur, and how that looks in relationships. And I am definitely not one to give relationship advice. So this is not a substitute for therapy. This is not a substitute for relationship advice. However, my guest here, my husband and I have gone through quite a bit in the last 10 years of being together and we wanted to share some some insight. So welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm grateful that you're here. This is the first official You'll, you'll hear an intro episode to season two, but this is the first official, you know, uh, podcast of season two, and you're my first guest, and I wanted to bring you on as my first guest before anyone else, because you're a very uh, primary support person in, in my life, and I cannot do what I do without you. Um, so who are you? My name's Ben. I'm your husband. Um <laughs> I guess I wish I could have been on season one, but season two works we for me. We didn't have any guests in season one. Got so. it. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm Ben. I feel like everyone, um, not everyone, but a lot of people that I will meet either at your office or otherwise know who I am. True. And I've never seen them in my life. <laughs> and then it makes it a little bit awkward to navigate that conversation because yeah. um, it's like a one-sided intro. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm Ben. Yeah. People will, uh, they've seen Ben on like Instagram cause he's not really, well, you're not really on social media at all. I have social media accounts. I, uh, very selectively go on there or post anything. Yeah. You're not uh, really on like Facebook or Instagram that much. No. I'm laughing cause of your Instagram, uh, grid strategy. <laughs> yeah. I had a failed attempt at <laughs> Posting the exact same Instagram post um, once a year that lasted about three years, and I just got sick of it. The joke wasn't funny enough to anybody other than me <laughs> to keep going. So it was funny to me. I supported you in that endeavor. I think that was probably 
five or six years ago now. I haven't posted a single thing on that platform <laughs> since. Who knows? Since who knows? Um, we're, I'm laughing because as Ben is speaking to, there are people who are like, oh, you're Mel's husband. And he's like, hey, I don't know who you are, but they know him because I'll show pictures of us on date night or just funny pictures of us. And um, it is it is quite a, uh, he's like, hey, I don't know who you are. You're kind of like a celebrity. It feels like it sometimes <laughs> in your office. If I'm ever waiting in the front, everyone seems to know yeah. me. Um, or Ashley's like, this is Mel's husband. You know, totally. Dr. Mel's husband. Totally. And I'll admit, like, I... Don't do the best job at remembering people's names. So I've definitely like met people before and then like they they feel like they know me because they see some of our lives mm -hmm. on Instagram, especially. Um, and then I don't even remember their name. And then I'm, you know, whatever. Whatever. It just is. Yeah, it just is. Well, thank <laughs> you for being on this this episode. Um, <clears throat> we wanted to come on here and share our the evolution of our relationship because I'm an, I'm an entrepreneur and he is an engineer. So I run my practices, my businesses, and he is employed by someone. So it's a very different dynamic than maybe some like entrepreneurs you listen to where both of the people in the relationship are part of the business or both of them are entrepreneurs. And I think our relationship provides a very unique standpoint when one of us is building their own businesses and the other works for someone else and how we've learned how to navigate that. Um, cause you, we come from two very different worlds in that sense and we have learned to make it work, not without challenges. So we want to go all the way back to the beginning and share, you know, how we met, what challenges we dealt with, especially when I was in chiropractic school, other challenges that we dealt with when I was started opening my, my first business, Inspire Life Chiropractic Center, and how over time we've been able to use a lot of tools and strategies to help us not rip each other's heads off <laughs> and um, continue to love each other over 10 years we've been together. So let's go all the way back to how we, how we met. Which version <laughs> do you want? <laughs> There's a, so when I, it was 2010 that I transferred from Mankato State University to the U of M, the University of Minnesota in the Twin Cities. And I, the first time I saw you was at a rugby party and I was like the new girl on the team, the new, the new player on the team and the new person at the school. And our friend, Mary Russell, I don't know if she listens to this, but she was like, Mel, are you single? And I was like, yeah. And she said, I want to introduce you to boys. And I was like, okay, Mary. And mind you, Mary is like, so, so innocent. She's, she's got a, a dark side, I think, but, um, this is like, she's just so spunky and full of life. And she's like, I'm going to introduce you to boys. So she grabbed my hand and we go to the back porch and she's like, Mel, this is Ben. And then Ben, what did you say? I think I said, I know who you are. Yeah. Was well, that in 2010? Like reverse. It's like Was reverse. that really in 2010? Well, I mean, that's when I transferred. Yeah. 2010. But I think it was the next year when we actually, it was not in 2010 when we met. Mm. Oh, cause when, because I was not in the country in the fall in 2010. No. Cause yeah, you were gone. I think it was the next year no, because I knew, because I knew who you were because you, I had lots of the, that's right. Lots Oops, of the, I fucked up on. the story. Lots of the, lots of the guys on the rug, the rugby team would, we would go and watch the that's women's right. games. And that's like, right. I had been 
not super close friends, but I knew some of the other women on your team. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, uh, we would go and watch them and like, you were one of the two or three best players on the team. So like, I obviously, I knew who you were. So that was where my comment was coming from. Like I had seen you play, I had seen you play and I knew who you were because you were not just like a scrub on the bench. Like you were one of the, were you a captain? I was the captain. Yeah. You were captain on the team. Like, yeah, I knew who you were. That, so that was 2012 then that at that party, you're right. Cause like you were gone in South Africa and then, yeah. So then Ben and I met and my first thought was like, oh, he's cute. You know, he's attractive. And then I didn't really think anything of it. Um, because I, I just didn't, I was like, oh, he's, he's out of my league or something like that. So I didn't really pursue it. And nice. we had a game that weekend. So I was not partying. So I was not, you know, looking to have a good time, so to speak. I mean, <laughs> I was having a good time, but sober having a good time. This is when, that seems fair. by the way, this you guys seems have way more in depth than <laughs> I was ever thinking that we would, I thought it was gonna be like, yeah, we met playing rugby in college and move on. But no, we're going into details just, of dates and no, we don't, <laughs> we, you can tell how it char- emotionally charged my brain was at that time. Okay. So then, so then we like met, we <laughs> connected and then we didn't, didn't connect as much. And then we connected again in 2013 and then we started dating in 2013. Yes. And then I went to chiropractic school fall of 2013. So we enter into this relationship and then like you knew that I was going to chiropractic school and you were about to graduate. So he's about to go into his professional career and I'm about to enter like the craziest schooling time of my life. And I remember, you know, once I saw how challenging chiropractic school was, there was a lot of moments where I was like, oh, like I feel like I I can't give to this relationship. And throughout chiropractic school, we had, you know, some breaks in our relationship because we had our own, our own stuff come up. You know, for me, it was feeling like I couldn't give to the relationship. I couldn't show up for him because he would literally drive to my house while I was studying like a crazy person for, I mean, those of you who are chiropractors or done any sort of graduate level program, it's you're in school all day and then you're basically studying from, you know, 5 p.m. to, I don't know, at times I'd probably study till midnight and then you're back awake again at like 6 a.m. to go to your labs or to study before school because it's just fucking crazy. So to have a relationship at that time, our relationship was basically Ben would come hang out and lay on the couch and hang out with me, but we weren't really like hanging out. Um, I mean, that wasn't it, but that was. That's what uh, it felt like. That for was me. a large portion of it. But I guess to provide some context to where I was coming from, like when we first met and went on a, did we just go on like one date or something right away? I don't remember. Which one? The first time we met or the second time we we went to the roller derby. (laughs) Anyway, it doesn't matter. Our first date was at the roller derby. I was definitely hesitant to, at that point in my schooling, I was, I wouldn't say struggling, but I I was having to work really hard to get even decent grades. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a couple of semesters through engineering school where like I had, multiple classes where I wasn't sure if I was even going to pass. So I was having to put max effort into school. And so I was hesitant to like be anything more than friends with you because I knew my capacity was going to be super limited Mm -hmm. in what I could and how I could show up. Um, 
you know, there's probably other reasons too. Hadn't really ever been in a um, super serious relationship before. Um, so maybe some hesitancy around that as well. But like I kind of, I knew where you were coming from while you were having to press into school and really put max effort into that because of um, the workload and how meaningful it was to you. So like I had some, like I had been through something similar Mm -hmm. prior to us ever dating. And so it felt like, I mean, yeah, there was, there was, times where it was really difficult and yeah it wasn't um wasn't easy we I mean broke up how many different times two or three times Mm -hmm. was that all while you were in school yeah I think it was like I mean until I opened my practice yeah since I've opened my practice we haven't you know broken up right we are married now we are (laughs) um yeah yeah I don't know exactly where I was going with that other than just to just extending the understanding yeah just to for sure and and at at that point once you were when you were in school it was so clear to me how passionate you were about what you were learning and what you were going into that was I mean I I just came from it from the perspective of like I would be doing you a massive disservice if I was going to be like annoying you and be like, I need more time with you or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. So it was, okay. I was, um, I was working, but other than that, I wasn't doing, a. It wasn't, it wasn't super, I don't know. I don't really know, even know how to describe it, but it wasn't like a burden on me to just come and spend time with you. And if that's what, if that's what we got, then that's what we got. That's so sweet. (laughs) Um, I think to something you said, you know, about us breaking up those times when cuz once you get into a relationship for X amount of months, we know that like the honeymoon phase wears off and your shit starts to come up, right? And relationships are a perfect like breeding ground for like receiving a mirror back to yourself of the shit that you have to work on. Um, like growth happens in relationship. And when the moments I know that we broke up, it was really challenging. And simultaneously, like it did, I think my perspective is every time we got back together, there was a level of, we had done some self-reflection. We had done some personal, you know, inner work um, to look at, you know, why, why do we feel like we can't resolve and go through conflict and the strategy was to just run away. Um, and we'll get into some stuff that we've committed to in marriage that has really, really helped us. But I think to those of you who maybe have been in like similar situations or you feel like every time a challenge emerges, you both run away. Um, that is a version of a trauma response. So for like my style, I would kind of I would press into the arguments. Like I would sometimes pick arguments. And mind you, my mental, emotional well-being when we first met is very different than who I am now. Um, I've done a lot in my life to like heal my own traumas, to heal my own body mind, which in turn has showed up in my mental health to like be in challenge and conflict and not be like, oh my gosh, this person doesn't love me and they're going to run away. And so I need to like pick fights and like try to like latch on. Like that was kind of my style as I've learned, which I think you would speak to yours was more like avoidant of like once things got intense, it was like, fuck it. I'm, I'm out, you know, whereas I would, 
I would be the one that was like more the aggressor and wanting to pick the fights. Yeah, I would agree with that. Or even at a minimum for me to like, I need to be out of the immediate, um, you know, confrontational, confrontational interaction for like a number of minutes to just like collect myself and gather myself. I think Mm -hmm. that was definitely kind of a pattern that we had for a while, which was, you know, if something came up, even if it was a, a small disagreement or maybe a, you know, a request or a demand, like from your side or from my side, and it would just kind of naturally turn into like the insecure defense mechanisms from each of us would pop up immediately. Like that was the immediate response was, oh, well, what, like what am I doing wrong? And mm-hmm. then that would then escalate to you then responding back with, you know, and it would just like kind of incrementally get escalated. And if I was then needing to remove myself for a few minutes to like try to gather my thoughts and my emotions, then like that was not allowed by you because then you felt insecure about me stepping away. Like, Oh, you don't care. You don't want to be in this. You don't want to resolve this. Mm -hmm. And so I think there was, um, Oh, you're going to run away forever like my dad did? (laughs) That was the narrative, by the way, that would pop up for me is if he needed to step out and like go for a drive or go for a walk, my nervous system couldn't even handle that because I was not secure within my own being and my own intensity with the situation. So I would project onto him like, oh, you're just, you know, you're just leaving like my dad or like this isn't destined to work because you know I had shit with like my parents divorce or things like that yeah and I think for me a default was like oh you know like if you had even a small gripe with something that I was doing or something you wanted to um, be done differently whether it was around the house or how I would interact like it was very defensive of like mm-hmm. oh no like I know better I I can't believe that you're questioning me and then that would just kind of spiral from there yeah it was like a self oftentimes it'd be like a self-righteous uh competition where we both had to be right and neither one could like back off and be like you know what i hear you um and we've done a number of things that have helped which we'll get into well and i don't think that's unique to us right like i think that's that's, an interpersonal pretty standard um where um you know if you are unable to like recognize hey i'm getting upset about this conversation and it's not because i'm upset with you but it's because i'm upset potentially with the emotions that are showing up because of things that i have um experienced or witnessed in the past or whatever Mm -hmm. right and and then your small um request which could have been easily just had a normal adult conversation like okay that sounds good i think that's dumb but okay cool like just as a goofy example Mm -hmm. right but you know if 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 we're like not able to interact on that level there would kind of be default into well i need to get defenses above myself because i don't feel secure necessarily Mm -hmm. um and same for you and then that can just kind of explode like a volcano sure um, and by the way, we're, we're, we're going back in time and sharing when there were probably more challenges than not 
and we'll share with you what's helped us evolve out of that. And it's not that we don't deal with challenges anymore, but our ability to move through them and grow from them and actually bring us closer together has exponentially transformed. And one of the things that I used to do quite a bit, and I've been pretty open about this on like the Project Lioness cohort when I share my own healing journey or just anytime I do any speaking or teaching is you know, for me, when I was going through chiropractic school, it's a big transformation. Like you're learning a different paradigm of health and healing and honestly a way of operating in the world and way and see way of seeing the world. And so oftentimes I would project onto Ben or, you know, tell him, Hey, you have to change who you are. Um, which really isn't fair to anyone. Um, you know, cause I was so big into like, you've got to transform and you've got to like change and no one wants to be changed. No one wants to be fixed. Everyone wants to be loved for who they are. And when they love themselves deeply, that's when like spontaneous transformation is possible. But a lot of the things I was going through, I was like, oh, well, I've got to, I've got to fix this in my relationship. I've got to change this in my relationship versus allowing you to go on your own process of self-discovery. Right. And I think a lot of people that I talk to, um, especially a lot of a lot of women feel that way sometimes where maybe they're doing something and their partner's doing something different and then they come back and they don't know how to talk about it or they don't know how to, you know, invite their partner into the process of growth without making it feel like something's wrong with their partner. Um, and maybe I don't know if it makes sense to for you to share your side of that now or maybe later. But that was my way of trying to deal with it was control, um, which the more you try to control and change someone, the more they're going to resist if they have any level of like self-autonomy, <laughs> um, which looking back in hindsight, I would never want to be with someone who didn't have their own level of like autonomy and choice and know who they are and maybe like stick up for themselves, you know, who could just get bulldozed over. Um, that's definitely not the relationship that I want to be in. So any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, that was, I think you were spot on with how you described that in, you know, if you are, as you were going through the process and continuing to, right, as we, as the days, months, weeks, you know, years go by, we're constantly learning things and you should, you are a different person now than 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. I am also. And um, I think along that process, there were many times where you had clearly seen benefit from something you had learned and changed in your life that you desperately wanted to share with me and for me to be able to share that with you. But I think the delivery and your way of trying to go about like enrolling me in what <laughs> you were learning or what you were up to was not working for me at all. It was very much, and I think some of this is, some of my own insecurities, but it definitely, when we would have conversations, it would make me feel like I wasn't good enough. And if mm -hmm. I didn't do this certain thing, then it wasn't going to be good enough for you. And that wasn't going to work. Yeah. Right. And so then that brings in all sorts of questions about like, well, I am, I mean, you just said it like an autonomous person. So I want to be able to make my own decisions, but also recognizing there are going to be sacrifices in a relationship that do need to be made like I'm not going to get my way 100% of the time so trying to navigate when you're telling me you need to do this or whatever then how do how can I even like 
in good faith, like go along with that, knowing it almost feels like an ultimatum, right? Mm -hmm. And that was, that was, that would not work for me. And there was definitely been disagreements and arguments numerous times between us about those kinds of things. Um, and the way it was delivered. I had great intentions, but really shitty delivery. <laughs> Cause yeah, there is yes. something to like, for those of you who choose to con like constantly challenge your consciousness, grow, transform, whatever that is. Cause I know a lot of our audience is like entrepreneurs or healers or leaders. Um, it, it's important to also give your like give your partner the spaciousness their own self-discovery process and it happens in you know healthier timing i think when you can stay curious and come from a place of invitation versus forcing and changing um yeah i think it's important to hear both sides one of the things that my one of my mentors talks about is a relationship is whole when you can see and love all the parts of what your partner has that are different than you. And oftentimes, you know, opposites can attract and that can be really, really healthy and balanced in a relationship when your partner can have different values than you and you can actually learn to love them and their values and vice versa, which actually creates the whole where you both are different. You both have similar values, but you can see how when you both live into your values, it actually creates more wholeness in a partnership versus being with someone who's the exact same as you. Because if you're constantly around people who are the exact same, have the same exact beliefs, have the same exact paradigms, um, that can get really dangerous when you're not challenged. And that's something I've learned over the years, especially through, you know, listening to Dr. John Martini and being certified in his work is when you can see your partner's challenges or like when those challenge points come up, it's actually serving you to wake up to those parts of yourself that you have disowned and become more of a whole human being and not be so one-sided and not be so addicted to like, well, it's got to be this way and we need to agree all the time because if you're agreeing all the time and you don't deal with challenges, you're actually not growing. So it's through the challenges that we grow if you choose to see it as a growth opportunity versus making it mean something about you or, you know, a lot of other myriad, a, a lot of other ways that um, can show up as like, you know, old trauma responses. Yeah, I think it's, um, I mean, this, this whole idea of if while you're learning new things or um, yeah, while you're learning new things, like I'm not going to be following along in your footsteps, doing everything that you do. Mm -hmm. And, um, like we obviously enjoy living life together and doing lots of things together, but there's absolutely things that you love that I have essentially zero interest in. <laughs> and that's the same same for me, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's things that I, I really enjoyed that you have no interest in. So I mm -hmm. think the, um, the really cool thing that we, I think, have gotten to the point over the last, I would say, ever since we started working with Monica in 2020 mm -hmm. was our ability to be comfortable with that and to be able to share what you're up to and be 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 real in a conversation of like, hey, I'm sharing this just as um, something to talk about, something to be curious about versus like, this is something I need from you. Mm -hmm. Like, I need you to be along with me in this and to be to like make that clear. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, just real tangibly speaking, I'm not going to be going along to all of the 
chiropractic or other healing work that you are involved in, I'm not going along to all of those things. Yes, I have gone to some of the chiropractic seminars. They're really not for me. That's not, that's not my cup of tea. I am interested in what you're up to, but I don't need to be uh, in a seminar for four days. And but you don't he has me, come to them. But guys. I have. I have. Um, I, although the one, um, the, the one I'm thinking of was in Colorado and I think I left partway through one day to go back to the hotel room to do a fancy football draft. Yeah, so <laughs> I still kept my priorities straight. Um, yeah. it's a both, it was a both and situation, but you know what, you know what I mean? Like if, as you, there, there is a difference between, Hey, here's something I learned. I want to talk about it because I know that, um, it's meaningful for me to be involved in what you're up to, at least to some extent, but like, I don't need to follow along and be with you. Um, whether physically or even intellectually know what you're necessarily learning or talking about. And same goes for me, right? Like there are, there are things from my nine to five work day that I share with you because it's either impacting me or it was a cool win or something that is really, um, I think, interesting to someone other than an engineer. And there's other things that I just share just so that you are aware. And there's nothing more than just Hey, this was something that happened today. You don't, I don't need anything from you. I don't need you to be involved, but just letting you know. Right. Mm -hmm. So I guess I kind of see there being, uh, for us a clear distinction, at least the last number of years between that. So it's not feeling like I need to know everything you're up to and be deeply, you know, in the weeds and, um, whatever you learned last weekend, but I can be involved to whatever extent you need. I think that comes down to, you know, a number of things like one learning how to communicate, which will share some strategies and people that we've worked with that have helped us communicate more effectively. And it also comes down to like being secure in your own being as an individual on the planet and not going into like codependency because I've learned to love all parts of myself and know my value where I don't need Ben's validation let's say in something I'm doing in the business like yes he helps a lot and just hears if I have tough days but I don't need him to know every single detail in order for me to like make progress because you support my individual vision as well as our collective vision so I think yeah communication though um I think it's the art of communication we read that book right there Thich Nhat Khan. we read that we did yeah right there there's a lot of books over there. I the Art of Communication is a great book. We did read it together because you took notes in the book and we would talk about it. It's all about like asking. I literally don't remember that. <laughs> well, I see it show up in our relationship. So you clearly absorbed <laughs> some wisdom. Um, but that book is really great at uncovering what your needs are inside and if there is challenge or conflict that emerges between two people. And it's great not only in intimate relationships, but if you work with teams, with your kids, and it's all about getting down to like the core need that you feel like you're not, is not being met and learning how to ask for a request or just say, hey, like when you do this, it makes me like, I feel this way in my body. And it doesn't mean that that person is intentionally causing harm, but you can say, hey, when you, for example, hey, when you, when I'm sharing a really powerful story that happened at the office, and you're not giving me eye contact, I feel like you're not listening and with me. 
And that doesn't mean that that's the person's fault, but just talking about what is so versus it like making it like, well, you don't care. It's like, well, maybe he's doing the laundry or something and it's not the ideal time to have a conversation. So a lot of what we've learned that we're going to go into is like how to ask questions, how to ask for requests instead of being like, I need this. It's like, hey, I have a request. Um, are you open to listening to the request? Why are you laughing? I'm laughing because like 90% of your requests are, will you go get me a Topo Chico from the <laughs> fridge? Or will you shut off that lamp when you've been laying on this couch for 30 minutes and I just sat down, but now I want you to get up and turn the lamp off. Very true. That's why I'm laughing. It's very earthy things. But like, you're but you're totally you're totally <laughs> you're spot on. I think that I think you. that was really a turning point in our ability to communicate uh, in a healthy way, which was to take away the the languaging of like just turning things to be a matter of fact. Like yeah. I, you're making me feel this way. It's like, well, no one can really do that. Right. But I am feeling this way mm -hmm. and you are I'm perceiving it to be because of how you what you are up to or mm -hmm. the environment we're in or whatever and I think just like being able to reduce the charged language in like you're making me mad or you're making me angry or whatever in turning it more into I'm feeling this emotion right now yeah you are a part of that because we are interacting, but it's not, I'm not blaming you, but I'm making you aware of how I am internally feeling mm -hmm. based on what is going on right now. Yep. Now, if that means I need to take five seconds and step out and come back and we can reset the, reset the, you know, start over the conversation. Or if that means I need you to put down what you're doing potentially and pay attention to me because I have something that is really important, whatever that may be. But just mm -hmm. kind of removing some of the charge of like, you're making me mad. I can't handle this, whatever. Because that takes you out when, when you, not just Ben, but like the audience, the listener, when you... When you go into that polarity of like, you're making me mad and there's no specificity or there's no ownership of the emotion, you're actually giving away your power to change it. So if I was like, you're making me mad. And it's like, well, like I could shift that and say, right now I'm feeling angry and I feel a tightness in my chest and I... I, I want direct communication right now. Like my request is direct. And this takes time and practice to like slow down your thoughts, especially when your amygdala and your emotional brain is like firing on all cylinders. This can definitely take time to go into self-recognition of like, okay, yes, this, this action or inaction that my partner's doing may be eliciting something in me that I need to explore. But when I can own the sensation and the emotion of myself first, and then have a conversation that can allow for a deeper resolution and actually solution um, moving forward versus if you just immediately go into like, well, you're doing that and it's, it's you know, like you're pissing me off. It's like you just gave away all of your power to actually like work with that emotional intelligence. So let's get into some points that have helped us make it work even with challenge. Um, so number one is having a clear vision of what we want. And we can definitely attribute this concept to my coaches, our coaches, I guess you could say Nick Peterson and Dan Nicholson. Shout out to you guys. I don't know if you listen to this, but we got super clear on what we want in, was it 
When did we do that seminar? Was it 2021? Um, no, 2022. Was it 2022? And we've yeah. done some things before that that we'll get to. Yeah, but that that seminar that we took together, just knowing like what is it that we want in life and like continuously asking like why do we want it? What do we want? Why do we want it? Like that helped us, I think, break through some big barriers in our psyche to get clear together on what it is we're building while also simultaneously not sacrificing what we want as individuals. Totally. Yeah. And getting really specific in, and when I say that, I mean like, where do we want to live? What do we want Mm -hmm. our day to day or week to week life to look like, right? Not just, you know, next year, am I working towards trying to get a promotion or a different job or you're trying to, um, know serve x number more people at your office or whatever it was no like what is the big picture what Mm -hmm. do we want our life to look like in 5 10 15 20 30 years getting really clear about that between us and having i mean multiple like where we scheduled hey we're gonna order takeout and spend three to four hours looking through house listings or Mm -hmm. looking through property listings, getting clear on how much money are we even talking about potentially needing for what we're wanting to do so that you can kind of work backwards and say, all right, what are the things that we need to be doing now to set ourselves up for being able to do that? And not just, oh yeah, it would be great to, Just keeping it in fantasy world or on your vision board. Like we, we've, I mean, I push back. I push back on doing vision boards. I'm not really (laughs) bought into that whole concept yet. Uh, That's one thing that maybe you are into, but I'm I'm not. I mean, I know it's something you've done in the past. You have made. Yeah, but you got to be real with it. You got to put numbers to it. I am uh, definitely not a proponent of that. And, you know, it works for you. It works for you. I'm I'm just an engineer. I just do numbers. I don't know anything <laughs> about this stuff. But to me, but life. to me, tangibly talking about, okay, like we like to travel. Okay, what does that look like? How many trips per year would we like to be doing into the future when we are mm-hmm. in like our ideal, you know, adult lives? What would that look like? How much money would that cost to be able to go to the places that we would like to go? And for me, being numbers oriented, like I could really get behind mm-hmm. that kind of vision creation, of like yep. very tangible. Here's the type of home I would like to live in. Here's the type of trips I would like to go on. Here's the type of work that I would like to, the amount of work. how much time off do we want to take? Exactly. And so for me, I think that was absolutely huge for us mm-hmm. to get on the same page. Cause I think to some extent up until we started operating that way, it, I feel like our, I mean, we have done our, since we've been married, our money is all completely separate. We have a joint account where we put money in each month to pay for rent and food and utilities and stuff. The things that we, um, so to speak, split Mm -hmm. living in the same house. But other than that, like you have your own bank accounts. I have my own. We don't merge any of that. And so I think that also probably played some into like there was a sense of like, all right, we're both like kind of going our, doing our separate career tracks. We're both doing these things independently. And yes, we're married and we love each other and we love living life together and, and, and experiencing going on trips and doing those sorts of things. But there wasn't for me a clear, like, what are we doing together? Yeah. Like I'm, 
personally have been searching for what's the perfect job for me where I mm -hmm. feel um, enjoyment and I'm getting paid what I feel like I deserve. But that was like only me. Mm -hmm. That was just me worried about me. That wasn't I need to make more money f to support us because you were self-supporting self yourself mm -hmm. and on your own track, trying to do your own self analysis of your business and what's the next step and how do you grow what you're up to but it wasn't like all right what are we up to yes yeah. we had been like looking at buying homes in the neighborhood we had started doing some of those things like together but it wasn't there wasn't really a plan we right didn't it was have, like oh just that's the thing that you do right as a married couple and this is not against anyone if that's part of your vision but there was a part of us that was like, is this really what we want? Or are we just following into a, a pattern because that's what we think we should want versus like, okay, we, as you can hear, we really value traveling and experiences on planet earth while we're here. And we value that way more than having like the, the fancy suburban home. And then there's nothing against that, but I would say that yes, having a, you know, we have a big vision for where we want to live, but we value being able to experience planet Earth because we're both very active people. But it wasn't until we got clear on like, what are we working towards? I think that then when we go off into our own professional lives during the week, we have that in the back of our mind where every decision we make allows us to close that gap. At least it's helped me a lot get like really crystal clear on every decision I make. Like, does this get me closer to what I want which we've been able to blend like the personal wants, the personal, you know, vision as a partnership and professionally, at least for me, because what I'm doing professionally is, is so personal and is so like soul oriented. So yeah, numbers, reverse engineer your vision. So if you haven't taken time, number one is get a clear vision of what you want as an individual and with your partner. Um, sit down and take time. Like we literally will use date night and we get takeout and we whip out our computers and we just get really clear um, on what we want and reverse engineer it from a numbers perspective, which I know can sometimes create some resistance, but it, it helps you get clear into the future and turn a dream into reality and it doesn't have to stay in fantasy world. And just one more, one more thing on that. Since the first time that we went through that exercise has definitely changed what we... Mm -hmm have written down as what we want. Yeah. Um, and so I think that has just been one extra thing for us as a couple to be able to connect on and be able to continue to shape that. Cause it's not going to be, Oh, Hey, five years ago, I decided we decided that we wanted yeah. this and we're going to keep doing that. But it's a, it's something for us to come, keep coming back to say, Hey, all right, last time, this is where we, where we, where we landed. This is what we talked about wanting. Is that is still the case? And, yep. and, and a kind of a cool way for us to be able to continue to um, like solidify what we are up to. Yes. Um, and have like a, a focused discussion topic almost. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, here was what we came up with last time. Let's walk back through that. Is this still where you're at? Yep. Since six months ago or whatever. Yeah, I would say we probably do it. I mean, I would recommend to those of you listening – if, if you want some resources on this, obviously reach out to me. Um, but I would say we do this at least twice a year, if not do it quarterly, because permission to change, right? Like 
values can change with things in your life. Um, your partner maybe gets a different job or business takes a different turn. It's okay to keep asking like, is this still what we want? And when you have those conversations, it can over- uncover certain challenges that maybe your partner hasn't felt safe enough to express. So that's number two is don't be afraid to constantly address and confront challenges and work through it together. Not because you're attacking each other, but if you have those subconscious challenges or subconscious resentments, that is going to energetically block you from manifesting what it is you want. So anything to speak to that? I think that one's in your wheelhouse. (laughs) Basically, just don't be afraid to address challenges with your partner. Um, I think that's something that we, um, at least for me, that's something that is not super easy for me. I think mm -hmm. I do have a tendency to um, just like let things, in the moment, if it's not a big deal, just kind of let things go because it's um, easier and I would prefer less confrontation to more. And so if something's not like, uh, sufficiently big enough in the moment, I won't like bring it up necessarily immediately, Mm -hmm. but then there can be like a building in the background effect. And then at some point it's like, okay, that's enough. I've Mm -hmm. clearly had some resentment about one certain thing for a month or whatever. And then it can, um, come out sideways sometimes. So that for me Mm -hmm. is definitely something that's not like, I'm not perfect at that. Definitely still working on it. So I think uh, bringing up even small things in the moment immediately or uh, more frequently is something that is, um, I see it being beneficial when I do that, but I don't always. You've gotten better. Which I agree. Point number three, to help yourself become more self-aware in those instances of like, what is my what is my body saying when this happens? What are my emotions saying? How can I be in touch with my emotion and not fear emotion? Is don't be afraid to hire support. Um, ben and I have hired, well, he mentioned Monica. She was a big catalyst. She was a trauma-informed uh, relationship therapist who we saw in 2020 when the world changed and us being extremely active people went from doing what we love and being able to travel and the way that we connect in my eyes. Like when I travel, I connect to spirit. Like I feel very spiritual when I travel planet earth and when I can do it with my partner, it's even 10 times better to just experience different cultures, different experiences, whatever. So when that shut down, it brought up all of our shit and um we were really struggling and this was a couple months after we got married because we got married in february of 2020 and then the world changed so we just kept feeling like we were bumping up against the same arguments the same challenges and i was like bro if this is what marriage is going to be like this is not working for me bro like i i remember laying in bed one night and i was like this is not working this is not working for me And I feel like, and something that I have to continuously watch is because I have so much training in coaching and chiropractic and being a doctor, and I've read so much about mental health and relationships, and this is my wheelhouse. I had to be conscious of like, this is not for me to solve. I need help. You know, even though I'm a doctor and I help a lot of people, like I need help. So we asked, uh, I don't even know who referred us to Monica. Do you remember? No idea. Gosh. But I, that absolutely was one of the things that was kind of recurring was feeling like. It was a like, recurring pattern. Well, it was feeling like, uh, you know, in in the uh, argument or confrontation, like you were the expert in other <laughs> healing services. And so then you were the expert in how to solve our problem also. And that was like, 
I was unwilling to accept that. I was unwilling to accept that. Like, yes, we, like, I absolutely acknowledge there are things on this planet that you know that I never will, and I, I'm comfortable with that. You're an expert in certain things, but I was feeling lots of resentment about mm -hmm. you from my perspective acting like you had all the answers and I needed to like get to your level to to realize that I that you did know the answers so for me it was super helpful to go to an outside person mm -hmm. third party who was not in our relationship was not you and for them to be able to be the expert and I mean just real blatantly like call us on some of our oh, bullshit yeah. right like no, like you're being ridiculous in how you're expecting this to go. She probably had better language than that. Probably, but, but that's how I, that's how, that was the biggest. Yeah, she big, called us on our patterns. For sure. And, you know, both of us, yeah. right? It, it was like the reality, what it felt like to me of like, okay, Mel's, Mel's the expert and I need to, you know, get to her level. That wasn't real. We both had our own, our own, um, Default own, patterns. Yeah, default patterns, our own issues that yeah. had been with us probably most of our lives that needed to be talked about yeah. and confronted for me to be aware of, all right, I can be un I can be understanding of what I know your default patterns to be yep. so that I can be more conscious of if I am acting in a way that then triggers that default response. Mm -hmm. And I then can intellectually know okay, this is some of Mel's default response. I don't need to react in kind. I can be more compassionate in the moment because I know what your default is. And same thing for you to me, right? Mm -hmm. Like what is what is my default? You can be compassionate, all of that. Yeah, I remember um, a number of sessions with her because I think we were going weekly for a while through the summer of 2020. And um for those of you who have never worked with a relationship therapist, I highly recommend working with someone who is trauma-informed and uses definitely more of a somatic approach. That was her whole thing is like what uh, what trauma triggers were still within us that would just explode at each other. And, you know, it was getting to that root of like what was coming up for us when we felt challenged. And for me, it was like the deep wound of like, I don't matter. I think one of yours maybe was like, you don't know, like you don't understand. And so when we started to like know our deep wounds, like our deep core wounds, we could start to recognize that in each other of like, oh, he feels like he doesn't know or I feel like I don't matter, which can be and show up very distorted in a lot of different ways, but getting to like the seed and then her helping us through, we did some like EMDR type stuff um, was really, really powerful. So, yeah, I mean, I think that was exactly it because then when you were acting like the expert, then that was triggering in me like, wow, I, I am super less than and I, I'm not worthy of like being in this relationship. And then if I needed to take a moment because I was charged and angry, if I needed to take a moment, then that would trigger in you. I don't matter. You don't matter because I wasn't willing to lean into a difficult conversation like you were hoping that I would. Yeah. So then that was really our typical kind of cycle yeah. of, of how a... Uh, a comment about something you know that could be pretty innocuous in the mm -hmm. moment like hey I need you to do this or whatever that could then was just typically then turning into an argument where brainstems would pop up <laughs> yeah so I think I think f learning from Monica just intellectually about what those default 
responses for each of us were was super helpful, but also the ability to um, just bring in some specific languaging around like, I am feeling, I mean, I, I know for me, that was a struggle was like actually tapping into like verbalizing what is the emotion in the moment, mm -hmm. because it was just like, I not something that I've spent a lot of time trying to understand about myself yeah. and so like having the like w the like colored wheel of all the emotions yeah. so it was just like hey i am feeling this yeah. in this moment you are a part of that response in my body because we are interacting but like i just need to say it out loud so that you can hear me yeah and i think having someone else here and witness us and just holding the space is key because now i feel like we can we can do it for each other and not necessarily like give advice, but just hear and see each other, which is powerful. Totally. So yeah, that's that point is don't be afraid to hire support, um, guides, mentors, coaches. We've done some seminars together that have helped us get on the same page as far as even our lexicon, uh, specifically landmark forum. I know some people have different opinions about that, but the, the first forum, um, I of course was, the crazy person that did the whole thing, did all the seminars. Um, Obviously. <laughs> but I did it and then Ben did it. It was really helpful for us to get clear on like, what, what are the stories that we're telling ourselves, Or are we like throwing rackets around, which is the type of lexicon that Landmark uses. But it was a very powerful thing for us to go through to see where these like core things originated and to own ourselves as individuals and just have a, a shared language of, you know, being a responsible adult. Like I'm just throwing a racket. I'm just telling a story. I'm, I'm maybe triggered. I'm more emotional and just taking responsibility so that your partner can just understand where you're at and, and be like, what do you need? How can I support you in that? You know? Yeah. I think having the shared language or lexicon was, and is still beneficial because mm -hmm. like if you, it was, it provided the ability to, shorten what needed to be said and yeah. there was absolute clarity in what that meant yep like mel i'm running a racket on you right now yep. you know exactly what that means and i don't have to go into the details of exactly what that means and all of that mm -hmm. because you know and that can then that's so much easier to just say in the moment even if i'm upset or charged or whatever and but you clearly know what that means yep. and there was like so much um that went into learning about that um, and to do some of those things together. But I think that's a fair point um, that you just brought up, which is, um, I think is worth mentioning, <clears throat> mentioning is like you were introduced to Landmark as a resource to learn, mm -hmm. learn things and learn strategies on, on how to show up. You took that all the way through everything that they offer. I was willing to go and step foot in that arena but i didn't go all the way through and do everything and i think that that for me is kind of how i need you to be able to show up for me is to allow me to um learn and try something new but not have to do it the same way that you do right. or not have to do it to the fullest extent that you do yes i am willing to learn something new and 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 try a different try a different experience maybe something that's uncomfortable for me mm -hmm. um but i don't have to follow it all the way through to the end where you got to right you know what i mean well and i think even the language that i probably learned and was able to utilize in our relationship was rather than be like you need to do this 
I came at it for, for, from a perspective of like, what did I gain? How did it serve me? And how do I see this supporting us? And, you know, going in it together of like, I believe in us and I desire this for us. Is that something you desire too? How can we create this together versus like, you need to do this program because you're broken. Like anytime you approach your partner like that, good luck. Um, it's not going to work. So yeah, let your, Unless let your, they're really receptive to that. Maybe there are people who are receptive to that. It might know. be, but there's some other issues going on there. Well, I don't know. I definitely wasn't. No, I definitely needed it to be more collaborative of like, Hey, I learned some really cool things here. I think it would be great if, um, we could learn some of them together as opposed to, I learned all this stuff, you know, none of it, and you <laughs> need to go learn it before we can have a healthy conversation. Yeah. Cause I think me, the old, old Mel communicating it that old way was more because like I did long for us to, to feel a sense of connection in things, in things I was doing. And I felt that sense of like, I want to connect with someone who I really love. So learning how to communicate it from that perspective, but also allowing your own way of, of doing it. Right. And yeah. I think that that goes to like point number four is do your self work, like know thyself first and then everything else around you starts to transform. So the more that you can, if there are things about your partner that maybe agitate you, irritate you, you don't really like, really look at that and say, well, what in my partner am I seeing that I haven't learned to love in myself? Um, one of my immersion clients, what did she say? There's this quote that's like, what in them am I seeing that I don't love within myself? Or what in them is something I, that in me that is irritated? Because the only reason what, that we can like recognize that is because of our own mirror neuron system. So instead of projecting and trying to change your partner, if there's something outside of you that's charging you, which those of you who know the, the type of breakthrough work that I do, if there's something outside of you that's charging you and you're trying to control it, First, start with what's happening inside of you that you haven't learned to love. And part of me, I think, was like learning to love the part of myself that also wanted to do things my own way versus what an institution says or what a what a coach says, right? So it's kind of a, a both and situation, but it comes back to like doing your own work even in a relationship and not depending on your partner to constantly evolve or change, but like you're an individual, right? And if you constantly are dependent on other people around you changing, that's a form of codependency. And that you're giving away your autonomy and your power. So anything on do your work, otherwise I'll go to the next one. I mean, I guess it's kind of what I've said before, but like that doesn't need to be, at least from my perspective, that doesn't need to be you do all of the same things. Nope. I think that was the biggest, um, the biggest change in how, how, how I could feel comfortable showing up in my own way. And that's going to look different. Yep. And that means that I'm not necessarily going to, um, work with the same people or do the mm -hmm. same things and that needs to be okay for me and for you yeah um, and if it doesn't work that then that then there needs to be a conversation around it and um, but it doesn't need to be at least for me it wasn't working when it was like felt more like an ultimatum yeah like you I had this transformative breakthrough learning this or meeting this person or going to this seminar now I need you to do that and until then like grow up basically <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I think to if if you're listening to this or maybe you shared this episode with your partner as Ben is beautifully speaking to like they may not want to do the same things as as you because they want their own experience but you can 
set aside time to come together and talk about what you, what you, what you each learned. Right. And I think when they can choose something on their own, that the process of self-discovery is way more sustainable than trying to like tell someone how to do it. Right. And, you know, my point on this is when you're able to allow that person to be on their own process of self-discovery, um, I lost what I was going to say about that. Maybe it'll come back. I don't know. It was in my brain. <laughs> it'll come back. Um, let's see. One, two, three, four. Point number five, make each other a priority. And that goes to those of you who are like entrepreneurs and, and leaders and you're you're up to a lot of things. Um, make sure that you're making your partner a priority in, in their human needs Again, you don't need to like bow down at their feet, but just know if you're in a partnership, like you guys are going to have needs and wants. And it's important to keep asking, like, how can, how can you get your values met while also like loving your partner and making them a priority by, for us, for example, scheduling out date nights. Um, this works really well for me with my full schedule. If I know that we have things planned in the future together, whether it's a trip or a date night or something intentional, I think that minimizes the resentment. Um, there's certain chapters of my, my business that they're more busy and communicating that with Ben, like, Hey, I'm, I'm kind of in a busy season or right now I'm in some startup mode stuff and it's taking a little bit more time in the evenings. How can we plan a day together? How can we plan time together so that he doesn't get resentful that like he's just put last on the list? Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, um, planning that out and being intentional with that and having dedicated time where you're not doing anything business related and I'm not doing yeah. anything work related and I'm not checking football scores and you're not doing this, <laughs> right? Like whatever, whatever that looks like, but being really intentional with the time that we are scheduling in advance mm -hmm. so that that can allow us the grace in the other times to follow through on the other things outside of our relationship that do need our time and attention. Yep. And that goes into our last point, which is get on the same page with each other's values. So Ben and I have relatively different values. Um, I think we both value travel, but you know, my highest values are teaching. I love teaching and I feel like this is an example of that. Like I asked my husband to be on a podcast. This is not my highest value. <laughs> it's not his highest value. And, you but know. I've got coffee, which is probably one of my highest values. So you make it work. Yeah. I think you've shared great insight. I appreciate you doing this with me. You're welcome. But understanding each other's values and under understanding that you probably have very different values because opposites do attract to get you to wake up to your wholeness. And, um, when you can know each other's values and respect each other's values, I think that allows the relationship to um, be able to ebb and flow with, with less challenge and more fun and more curiosity. And as Ben was saying before, like we know our highest values. And so when we can live in those while also making each other a priority of in space time, like very intentional time where we go on dates, we travel, um, all of that, it allows us to fulfill our highest values as individuals while simultaneously creating a, like being able to coexist in partnership with love and respect and autonomy and fun and not feel like we need each other. But something that we say is like, we're, we choose each other every day. Like we, we choose to love each other. Love is a form, 
love is action. It's not just this like fantasy honeymoon thing, but like you have to choose to show up for each other. You have to choose each other every day and not just assume that this honeymoon phase is going to last because that's just not reality. When, you know, you're with someone for 10 plus years, that's not reality. But knowing that the other person is choosing you for who you are and loving all parts of you is, is such a gift. And I'm really grateful for that about our relationship and about you. I received that. One thing to add to that, I think it's even really recently, there's been some cool ways that we've found to be able to merge our different but high values, mm-hmm. right? So for you, it is um, a, a lot of how you're building your businesses is because of your values yep. in, in helping, helping, helping people, yep. right? And for me, that's not a value of mine is the helping people part. That's not, that's not what I'm about, but there's things that I've been able to plug into with your business that are my highest value, Mm -hmm. which is, I just love technology and learning new stuff and being able to use my brain in challenging ways. And so feels like more recently, there have been numerous opportunities where I can plug in and be super helpful to what you're up to in some of the technology in the back end of your businesses that is not meaningful for you, but it can help serve your value, right? So there's a, it's not obvious, but it's absolutely serving both of us. And then we're also doing things together. So that's been for me really cool where I'm not in your business. I don't own any of any of it, but I'm in this partnership and if there's a way that I can plug in and help provide value in a way that's meaningful for me because it's um, interesting and cool and a, and a technology challenge, and then it helps you. I hate that shit. And I love it. <laughs> and I love that stuff. And that's been, I don't think we were very intentional about finding no, things like that for quite happened. a while. And it just kind of happened within the last um, few months. But I think that's something that's been really cool. And I think mm-hmm. that I would like to lean into that more and to be able to figure out what are the other parts of like your business that you maybe don't hate, but like isn't it's just isn't, lower priority isn't mean isn't part of your high values. Yeah. But if there's those some of those things that are a high value for me that I can help with your spreadsheets and that kind of stuff, right? Like I know that's super cliche spreadsheets, blah blah blah. But, but it's helpful. But there's, totally, <laughs> and um, some of that I really enjoy. I mean, I've I've built out like crazy spreadsheets for my own life and for mm-hmm. things that I do with my friends just because I enjoy that shit. And if you hate it, then let's figure out a way to fulfill both of our values and um, do it collectively. Yeah. I think that's been something cool um, that we've been doing more recently. Yeah. And I'm grateful that that excites you because I am not super inspired by that. I'll do it because it needs to be done. And I've delegated a lot of that in one business, but this other, you know, my other businesses that I'm growing and if it is in alignment with your values or your partner's values and they are inspired by it, then why not make it work? But I think it's been interesting to watch you step into that. And then all of a sudden, like you've had other opportunities that are more entrepreneurial show up in your life where people are like paying you to just paying you to like do those things, which is really cool to see. Yeah. It's been different and new (laughs) figuring it out. Universe opens up for you when you're in alignment with your values and it's cool to watch your partner do the same. So, okay. Well, those are our points for all of you. I know this episode is, a little over an hour, so thanks for sticking with us. <laughs> I hope that this uh, brought you value in 
your own relationship with yourself as well as if you are in partnership with someone, some strategies that you can utilize when it comes to communication and loving each other and loving each other for as you are and not trying to change them. So I am very grateful for you in my life. I, yeah, I'm just very grateful for you and thanks for doing this. I know it's not high on your values, but I know it will bring people value who listen because they have been asking for it. So thank you. You give the people what they want. <laughs> Do you have any? I'm other? also grateful for you. <laughs> to be clear, I don't know if we give the people what they want all the time, but this is a start. Have they been like commenting that they want to hear from <laughs> me, or has it been people telling you that they want to see people me telling me they want a relationship podcast oh. of how you navigate with me? Well, who else am I in relationship with? Well, I don't know. You could do it on your own. No, you uh, have a different. I'm point just of trying view. to get clear on P-O-V. what have the people been asking for. You made it seem like they've been asking for me on the podcast. Just relationship stuff. Got it. I love you. I love you too. Okay. Until next time, this is Dr. Mel. I don't know if Ben will come back, but. I don't know either. <laughs> I guess we'll see. Thank you for joining us on the Project Lioness podcast. Until next time, peace. Thank you for joining the Project Lioness podcast. Did you find value in today's episode? Help us impact the lives of others by sharing this podcast with someone you know who would resonate and benefit from the Project Lioness message. Excited to hear more? We invite you to subscribe on whatever platform you're tuning in on. And we'd be so grateful for you to leave us a review about what you enjoy most as well as what you'd like to hear more of. Thank you so much for all of your support. Sincerely yours in power, purpose, and play. Dr. Mel with the Project Lioness podcast. Keep rising, keep roaring, and keep inspiring.